Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Thursday, January 25th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney from Insights and Automation. And if you're new to the show, this is the show where I cover what's new and happening in industrial automation. I'm going to just, uh, take a look here at the um, at the uh, studio board here, make sure everything's working. I still don't get indication. I did check all the mic levels, so I'm hoping you're hearing me. I do have the chat up. If, uh, if there's any problems, please let me know. But everything looks to be working here on my side. So let me go ahead and uh, switch over to our uh, screen view here. And I did put in uh, several bug reports or feature suggestions to StreamYard. That's the software we're using to live stream these. Um, you know, we may have to go to something else if we can't find solutions for the issues we're running into. But for now, let's talk about what's new in the news. And I want to start with uh, over here at theautomationblog.com. Uh, yesterday, I filmed and released a year in the v uh, uh, a year in review podcast, uh, the top ten podcasts, videos, and blogs for 2023. I had a lot of fun doing it, and um, it's based on these three uh, articles here: our top ten videos, top ten podcasts, and top ten uh, automation blogs. And for any vendors out there who are watching, if you want to know more. You can go up to our media guide that has all the gory details in it. So I didn't want to forget to mention that because that was released uh, yesterday. We also released recently a uh, on Monday my picks or what I think are the product trends in industrial automation um, going into 2024. So you may want to catch that. We're also working with a uh, contractor to start adding uh, news articles up here. I was doing that in the past. It was just too time consuming. But you can see them here. We're still working through some kinks, but... Hopefully uh, we will have that uh, going like a running like a well-oiled machine here shortly. So with that, let me go ahead and switch over and thank our sponsor. Today, today's show is sponsored by theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who's looking for PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please mention theautomationschool.com to them. And with that, we go to our first news story here. And this is a press release or product spotlight from Rockwell Automation on Factory Talk Optics. Now, we've been talking about optics for... At least a year, right? And uh, I actually got to see it and uh, and attend some sessions on it over at uh, Automation Fair. But I was kind of interested. I didn't see anything new in here, so I, I think that's why they're calling it a product spotlight. You know, just and many vendors do this. They'll they'll uh, you know publish an article about a product they have just to try to get the you know drive awareness with their followers. So in any case, um, much of what I read in here was pretty much what we've covered in the past. But they did mention that the version 1.3 is out. I don't know when that came out. I, as you can tell, I'm running late this morning. But in any case, I would love to do an article on what's new with version uh, 1.3. Of course, we do want to have them on the show at some point. And um, yeah, so if you're using op optics or considering it, um, you may want to check out what's new. It says like there's 50 new capabilities in it. And um, with that, let me go ahead. And, you know, I'm running so far behind. Let me just go ahead and silence my phone because... We're working on getting the lease finalized for the office space and getting the insurance and all that. And I don't want to get interrupted, interrupted during the show. So with that said, let's go ahead to our next news story here. And this one was from Siemens, um, the sales release of their drive system analytics software version 1.5 of Analyze My Drives Edge. So if you're using that product or interested in it, um, just know that there's a new version out of that. Um, also, Balif has a product uh, spotlight that they're featuring today, which I thought was very interesting. This is a long-distance positioning system. Now, this can actually do for like cranes, hoists, and other applications. 
can do a position measurement up to one and a half kilometers with a half a millimeter, um, you know, uh, accuracy. And I just thought that was really good. Now, a lot of these systems either use lasers or they'll use like a barcode ribbon that goes across the hoist. But this is actually a system that's designed to work in all types of conditions, environments, you know, noisy, uh, you know, uh, dirty, or uh, maybe in the weather outside. And so what it does is it uses, and I'll, uh, let me see if I can get it right, magnetostrictive position measuring. So in any case, um, you put these sensors all the way down the crane or whatever you're going to measure the distance for, and the, uh, the reader here on the hoist will be able to infer from, you know, these two sensors that it's between where it is down to half a millimeter. That's very impressive. So a very interesting product from Balouf. I always say Balouf. Balouf is, uh, is how they say it when we've had them on our show. And uh, so I wanted to share that with you. So from there, we go to the Yaskawa, and they had an uh, announcement about their uh, auto sorter, the, specifically their auto sorter 1200. So if we come down here, you can see what that is. This is a turnkey solution. They've recently added decapping to it. So not only does it do auto sorting, it can also automatically decap products. So if you're bringing in a bunch of samples, you need to sort them. It can also decap them for you as well. The case use cases for this, they say are for like, um, you know, if you have to do testing, you know, large volumes of testing on, uh, you know, something that needs to be decapped. So from there, we go over to Automation Direct. We saw a couple of new things on their website today. And uh, the first is, uh, uh, you know, I noticed about the Waco Pro 2 communication modules. And they have, uh, let's see, now they've really expanded this line. They have Modbus RTU, they have Ethernet IP, they have um, Modbus TCP, they have um, just standard Ethernet, and they have IO Link. And uh, very interesting stuff I'll show you. We actually looked at the IO Link one in a po uh, one of the episodes of our show, and we looked at the power supply too that this goes with. But before I get to that, we have. Um, also, uh, notice about their productivity uh, PLCs. Um, everybody, everybody's probably familiar with their productivity PLC line, but they actually have a line, and we covered this when they first announced this, but they have a new uh, CPU that does, that features CodeSys as the engine inside, right? And so um, if you just want to, you know, do straight CodeSys programming, you can do it with this new CPU. Again, we covered it when it came out, but I saw it was mentioned here again, so I wanted to cover that. Now, for additional information on both of these, check out um, uh, the Automation Minute Season 5, Episode 6, where I unbox and take a look, first look at the Wago Pro 2 Power Supply and IO Link module. This was a sample they had sent in, so I, and we've actually been using it, not the IO Link side, just because it wasn't sponsored, and it's so time-consuming to do that kind of stuff. But uh, we have been using it on the wall, and it has been a champ. Um, also, we, we uh, received a, um, a sample. Not, now, this is not the CodeSys edition, but we did receive a starter kit from Automation Direct on the Productivity 2000. So we did an unboxing video. Unfortunately, just because of time, we haven't done like a first time programming and wiring. I would love to do that. But um, uh, in any case, if you want to see what comes in that sample kit. Now, again, this is not the CodeSys version we just talked about. This is the standard version. So I don't think the CodeSys version was even around back when I did this. This is... The Automation Minute, Season 5, Episode 20, that came out in 21. Okay, so now that we've gone through all those new products, our featured product today is the Automation Schools Panel View Plus Basics course. There's two versions of this. 
There's one for 50 bucks and there's one for 70 bucks. The $70 one comes with the next course for free. So if you want to buy the course now, go through it and then learn, you know, what's new with all the new versions over the last couple of years, then you can spend a little bit extra and get the next one for free. Um, in any case, that's, I'm going to start working on, on that in the summer. Um, we have a uh, starting March 1st where we're going to be working on the Unified Comfort Panel, that beautiful, gorgeous uh, uh, screen you see behind me. We're going to be covering that. We're going to be doing a whole course on that. So um, very excited to be working with the folks over in Siemens to put that together. But in any case, um, this is, uh, if you, you know, we talked yesterday about so many uh, in, in the podcast about so many people having questions about the Panel View Plus. One of the things about this course is not only do you get like soup to nuts uh, tutorial on how to get started with the PanelView Plus, um, you can also ask questions on this. So I support this. I've been using the PanelView Plus since, well, I've been using Factory Talk View ME since before the PanelView Plus existed. So, um, you know, I, I don't think I've never not answered a question. I think we can pretty much answer any question you have. Now, application specific stuff like, hey, how do I do an application that does some weird thing. I don't know if we're going to be able to spend time to help you uh, design your own applications, but troubleshooting and issues. The one thing I will mention, though, is we have not been able to get our hands on a PanelView Plus 7 Series B. We tried and tried and tried and gave up. So um, if you're having specific issues with the uh, Windows 10 IoT installation on the PanelView Plus 7 B, we can't help you there. Um, I don't know if we'll buy one. It'll depend on what's available. We, we are unable to get samples, so we'll depend on what's available on the used market. Um, in any case, from there we go into some great articles. This one is from Schneider. How Universal Automation Helps Manufacturers Bridge AI and Edge Computing. And I really enjoyed this article. They talk about a lot of different things, but they really highlight three main bullets, okay? And one of them is artificial intelligence and machine learning. We've talked about that a lot on this show. And really feel like that that is going to really make our lives better as far as giving us smarter sensors, especially like code readers and vision camera systems and we featured both on the show on the automation podcast like from baloof and from uh ifm so um it's really going to make our lives easier and we're going to talk more about ai in another development here shortly but in any case um they talk about edge computing and now you know when we were talking about the vplc with siemens um on our first tech talk um you know i always think of edge computing as small computers mounted in the field and I guess they don't necessarily have to be small, although most of the products I do see are inexpensive and small. But it's really distributed computing on the plant floor. I think more and more that's becoming the consensus of edge computing. And so they talk about that in this article. And then they talk about universal automation, which is a really cool concept that really goes beyond like what CodeSys does by being like the Android of PLCs, right? So any PLC maker can make a PLC that's based on Android. And we've covered... Uh, based on Android, based on CodeSys. And we've covered uh, products like IFM, and you know we, we just talked about Automation Direct, and, and other product PLCs that use CodeSys as the PLC engine, right? And I think Wago we've talked about in the past as well. Um, in any case, this takes it one step further and allows you to create a program that can be distributed across multiple devices, right? And I'm not just talking about like a TIA portal or a CCW. I'm talking like where you're writing your code and then parts of that code go one place and parts of that code go someplace else, right? So maybe you have PLC1, PLC2, or maybe you have PLC1, VFD1. So um, very interesting uh, topic. Now we do uh, talk about this with Schneider directly. And this is when we had Louis Arone on the show back on Podcast 96. And we're talking about next generation automation. This is where we focus on their PACs, right? 
So we recently had them on to talk about their PLCs, the Modicon PLCs and whatnot. Um, but in any case, very interesting concept. Uh, this is all based on 61499, IEC 61499. So from there, we go over the BNR and they're talking about working with Microsoft on integrating AI into their systems. And this is the first article I've seen in over a year where I see somebody doing something similar to what Rockwell was showing at the press briefing I attended at Automation Fair. And this is integrating Microsoft's AI, Microsoft's Copilot, right, into their development software to help you, like in the case of Rockwell, they could just say, hey, I need a, a motor control uh, code. And they would just give you the sample code right out of their sample code library for control on a motor. And of course, you know, it may not fit your application, but it's sample code. So what they're doing is they're taking the abilities of uh, Microsoft's uh, Copilot AI system, right? And they're training it on their own products. So think of this like as if you were training Alexa or Surrey or Google Home, you know, to know about your PLCs, right? And so what they're doing here is, you know, they're loading in all of their sample code and all of the documentation they have, including troubleshooting and error codes, and they're training, they, they're building their own model or large, large language model or their own, you know, automation model so that when you ask, typically through typing, not talking, but when you ask uh, for help from the co-pilot, um, it will give you the correct sample code or the correct information. And you can see how this is going to make things, make our lives so much better because instead of having to go to the book to find out, and trust me, I just tested uh, over 200 parts that I picked up for our, our, uh, PLC courses. And when I would get an error on the front of a module, I didn't know what it meant. Matter of fact, I had a couple items I had to send back because they weren't working. And so one of them came up with an error of 111. It's like, what is that? So I had to go to the book. I couldn't just ask the automation co-pilot. Um, I had to actually go into the PDF file and look it up. And sometimes you can't search the PDF file because they don't actually list the code. It's like a picture. So this is a really good thing. We're not talking about Skynet. We're not talking about some AI taking over the world. This is um, really just smarter, you know, better designed software that can make, you know, real use of the, just the volumes of information all of these vendors have. I think it's very cool. And I think you'll, if you, if you like this topic, I think you'll enjoy this article from BNR. And it kind of makes me wonder if there's an article like this from Rockwell and from Siemens and from Schneider and all these other people out there talking about what they're doing. But um, in any case, uh, check this out. I think you'll enjoy it. And from there, we go over to Yaskawa, and uh, they have a new article out, The Top Robot Industries to Watch in 2024. Very good article. Uh, I'll just hit the highlights here. Um, number one, agriculture. And we've talked about this a lot. Even, I think it was uh, Kuka had a mobile robot in the fields picking stuff, right? Um, so agriculture, um, you know, just to have, I mean, why not, right? We see, we saw all these videos of robots climbing stairs and jumping over things and walking, you know, across holes and in rough terrain, why not have them pick fruit, you know? And if you put a couple sensors on an arm, then it can see if the fruit is ripe and ready to be picked, right? So um, number two, food service. And um, this one, you know, we recently had an article where a manufacturer, I forget who it was, I think it was Bomber, where the, the company built a machine where it was making, uh, automating the creation of sandwiches. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but, um, you know, maybe, uh, in restaurants, we've all seen like some of the fast food restaurants already have like some mini automation going on in there. So very interesting choice there. Number three, high deposition welding. 
So we've talked about cobots and welding a lot. We know robot arms have been used in welding for decades, but cobot welding is fairly new, last three or four years. And uh, that's been a big deal. We've covered that a lot on the show. And then healthcare, and I, I hearken back to, we're seeing a lot of robots that are remotely controlled, where um, you have a user who just, you know, straps in and he uh, controls a robot from across the internet. And uh, in one case, it was like an assisted living situation where they were watering the person's plants and they were making them some food and just all kinds of stuff. But I mean, you could push a, a lawnmower with that. You could, you could, um, you know, uh, you know, talk to somebody remotely. You know, if there's a screen on there, you could do like a FaceTime with them. Um, and if they needed you to get them something like a glass of water, you could, you know, drive the robot over there. So interesting stuff there. And I, I know that's not exactly what they're talking about, but that's what came to mind. Logistics and inspection. And um, we've talked about a lot of robotic uh, applications for inspection. And then, um, you know, they're just saying there's going to be a pivotal shift towards robotic automation. And I agree with that in the case that we're now seeing these humanoid robots that can work in warehouses. Now, are they ready for prime time today? Kind of like self-driving cars? No. But they're getting close. So unless, um, unless the, you know, an iRobot situation happens, I do think that uh, for those... We never want to replace jobs humans want, but if there are jobs that people don't want, we definitely want to um, replace those with uh, with uh, technology when it makes sense. So interesting article there from Yaskawa. Uh, from there, we go over the banner, and I really enjoyed this article. It's PVC versus PUR. Which one do you choose for your cables? And you know, I think a lot of us default to PVC, but there are some things that PVC are not is not really good at. So PUR is better at high flex. PUR will not create, uh, will create little or no smoke if there is a fire. Now, PVC is kind of fire uh, resistant, right? But the PUR will not create a lot of smoke if it catches fire. And that's why a lot of European uh, companies uh, prefer it. And then um, it, PUR, while it may not be as uh, chemical resistant, right, it does flex more. So in a situation where you might need a lot more flexibility, um, you know, the PUR type uh, cable jackets would be preferred. And so, you know, you hear they get this summary chart, um, you know, for cleaning chemicals, PVC, for wash on applications, PVC, for cutting fluid oils, PUR, and for repeated, repeated flexing, PUR. So I actually think that the articles really can't be summarized in this little chart. There's a lot more to it. So I would highly recommend checking this out if you're, if you're wondering about which the type of, uh, cable jacket you should have. From there, we go over to an article from Stahl, and I thought this was very interesting. They really talk about mobile workers in hazardous areas, and I keep thinking about all those great products we see from PNF, right? The, the uh, um, you know, brand new uh, smartphones that are rated for uh, class one, you know, hazardous areas, as well as the tablets. We've covered those on the show. And, um, you know, they talk about a lot of the reasons why a user may want to use that, but they actually don't talk about those products. They're not stall products. But in any case, I still found the article very interesting, kind of building a case for those other products we've talked about. From there, we go over to Antera, and they have a new article today, really focused on IEEE 802.11 Wi-Fi, right? But really focused on roaming, drop, and reconnect strategies. And it's very interesting. If you haven't read anything about 802.11 in a while, Wi-Fi, um, I think you'll enjoy this article. There's something called, uh, which I was learning about, called um, 
where is it here fast roaming 802.11 r and i haven't read up a lot about that so i enjoyed reading that part of this article a lot of the other stuff is a lot of refresher for most of us right but if you have somebody new junior on your staff this would be great for them too but in any case i did want to uh, recommend this because you like me you may not be familiar with the new 802.11 i say new i don't know if it's new but the 802.11 r rapid roaming spec so in any case really cool stuff and uh, they got, have some tips here too to improve roaming in your facility and um, you know you want to make sure you have the right number of access points if you have too many or too few that's going to cause a problem um, and they need to be relocated in the correct spaces to get maximum coverage right a lot of us just willy-nilly put things up where we think they need to go but when you have a large factory you're going to kind of take a more determined approach to where you put those uh, access points um, never leave the device settings on default especially the default passwords that that's just a that's just an accident waiting to happen and then uh, you got to adjust the power so depending on where you put the access points you really got to tweak the power because you don't want to if you leave the power at full you could be interfering with the other access points so really good tips there from Intera, and I, I really enjoyed reading this article now next we go over to an article from digikey working through the complexities of selecting the right safety controller. And I thought this was going to talk all about safety PLCs, but they actually talk about a lot of different safety devices, including safety PLCs and safe controllers. And it's a pretty beefy article. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not finish it. It was so long and I was running late this morning. But in any case, um, they cover products from multiple vendors, including from Banner, Phoenix, Schneider, and Umron. So you get a really, uh, you know, they talk about ProviSafe, they talk about SIP safety, they talk about a lot of different things in this article. A great refresher for some of you who haven't touched safety in a while. Um, also great for any new uh, people you have in your staff who, you know, to get a, a you know, you know, to read something about, uh, you know, safety and uh, controllers. So um, they also had some great pictures here of different uh, applications. So with that, what's next? Oh, we go over the Grace Technologies. Grace has a new article about voltage presence verification versus absence of voltage testing and lockout tagout. Now, you know, they make the, um, what do they call it here? They have their CheckVolt product, which will let you test for voltage if it's there or not, right? So they go through understanding voltage presence verification and using PESDs like these here, you see right here from them. And um, if you're interested in this topic, I would definitely check this article out. Um, you know, they um, every every week they write an article about one of their uh, one of their products, and uh, so it's it's pretty interesting to keep up with what they're doing. And of course, it's always great to see what uh, cartoon they're featuring from Bernie and Les. From there, we go over to our guide today. So we talked about the Panel View Plus course over at the Automation School. We also have a guide of over 170 free articles and videos on the panel view plus up at the automationblog.com and last summer i ordered these right so now they're in an order from getting started to advanced topics and i do try to check and answer questions up here a lot if it get the question gets complicated i send them over to automation.locals.com which is our community site but in any case i've poured over the last 10 years i've just poured a lot of knowledge in here and i've had some freelancers right too there's a lot of videos as well as articles um, a lot of times I'll have an article and a video on the same subject, depending if the, the viewer wants to watch a video or read an article. So in any case, um, you can see all of them here. Now, for these really long guides, I also provide an index um, without pictures, but it, it does show everything on 
one page and so you can just quickly scroll through and see what's there and um, you can see all 170 plus articles and videos on the PanelView Plus. And so uh, that is our featured guide for today. We are hoping that uh, uh, we are working with somebody that hopefully will be able to turn these into ebooks for us, like we have on Control Logics and Compact Logics. So from there, we go over to events. What's coming up? Well, uh, the good folks over at Honor Automation, if you missed that podcast, I would check that out. Um, they're, coming, uh, they're coming up here on January 30th. They're going to have a new webinar find operations using structured text. So this week they talked about structured text. Now next week they're going to uh, talk about find operations with structured text. So if you need to find something, um, you know, maybe in an array, uh, they're going to be covering that. So very interesting. Now the link we provide at automate.news just goes to this page. They uh, no longer have individual links for each of their, not that I can find for each of their um, shows. So in any case, check that out if you're interested. We also have this one from Universal Robots, and um, I was trying to convert the, I don't know, I was doing it fast this morning, but I was looking at the time, this is GMT plus eight. So I think this is gonna be at eight o'clock Eastern on um, January 31st. And the title of this webinar is The Future Is Now, Revolutionizing Manufacturing with AI and Machine Vision Systems. They're actually featuring two uh, vendors we cover here on the uh, show quite a bit, um, Cognix and SICK. So um, they have a whole integrated system there with their products and they're gonna be showing how it works. So if you're interested in that, check that out. And then obviously MDT has a new uh, show coming out. I usually don't go this far into the future, but because there's no show next week because I'm traveling for my son's wedding, you can see uh, this uh, live webcast mastering shop floor complexity mastering shop floor complexity on february 15th at 11 a.m eastern time so there what they're going to do here is they're going to they're actually going to show you how you can even use legacy plcs like the s7300 on how to uh, integrate that into their system so pretty interesting topic there and as far as downloads over at the siemens site i found a um, profinet gsd file for their gateway i also found uh, the latest version of their multi-field bus configuration tool. So we've talked a lot about how they're creating these uh, interface modules or what we'd call in the Rockwell world adapters that can speak three field buses, Profinet, Ethernet IP, and Modbus TCP. And to set that up, you need the multi-field bus configuration tool. So you would need that. Um, from there, for videos, um, this video, I don't think I, I don't think I silenced the audio. Let me silence the audio. But this video is from Emerson, very cool. It shows you how to set up their Micromotion 5700 Coriolis meter with Rockwell Logics PLCs or PACs um, over Ethernet IP, and it really gets into the gets into the details here. They're in Studio 5000, and they're going through some of the settings, and I'm just amazed at all the different options they have here built into their uh, module definition. So you can set it up in all different ways, but just by choosing a pickless out of the out of the uh, out of the I/O module. So. Um, Looks like they did a great job interfacing this guy to um, Rockwell. From there, we have a video from Schneider. And I'm going to link to this page. The video actually is um, goes to uh, YouTube. So I'm going to link to this page. You can uh, click on the link to go to YouTube. But this is a video about data-driven operations using OPC UA. And it talks about their OPC UA module. Very interesting video and product. From there, we go over the manuals in uh, Asset Center. Factory Talk Asset Center just got some new manuals updated um, for version 13. 
And uh, so we get the utilities manual, we get the getting results guide, and the very important and most uh, often overlooked uh, installation guide, although this installation guide is for version 12, not 13. So um, if you're going to 13, you want to get the one for 13. A lot of times you have to do set up different uh, computer system environmental settings for the software to work. So you can't skip the installation guide. It's like a must read when you install any of these higher end products. Um, and there's also a, a installation instructions on a very uh, interesting product I know nothing about. Factory Talk Analytics Logics AI. This apparently runs on Lin a Linux-based uh, operating system. So in any case, um, if you're using that, check that out. Uh, and then we have a machine health sensor from, this is the operate, operating manual, from Emerson. Um, and from there, in our other science and technology section, we have an uh, interesting article about using coal, not the burn, not for fuel, but using it as a 2D insulating film for transistors. So a lot of times they'll use graphite or graphene to get like a nearly one um, I don't know, atom uh, layer of uh, insulation for uh, transistors, right? And what this talks about is they found that they could easily use coal at much cheaper and a much cheaper uh, uh, manufacturing process to get that same kind of insulation. So I thought it was an interesting article. If you're into, uh, you know, technology and electronics, I think, and chips, you think you'll find it interesting as well. Now, from there, we go over to thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC HMI or SCADA training, please mention theautomationschool.com to them. Uh, we also have our, uh, we're like two people away from having uh, 1,400 followers over on our community, um, automation.locals.com. We do have a new question to come in. I just saw it this morning, haven't answered it yet. But this is where you could ask me anything. You know, you have a product question, you don't need to enroll in a course, you just wanna ask a question, or maybe you need a file uh, converter, like that guy who had a penalty 1,200 file. Um, this is where you can do it, and the price of entry is two bucks, so, for 30 days. So, um, that's just to keep off the, the spammers. We've talked about that before. Uh, also, if you have any feedback, we have a, a feedback or talkback link that you can use just to say hi or just to send us any of your feedback. And I do want to thank everybody who's picked up a copy of our ebooks, or video collections, or coffee cups, or t-shirts. Thank you all. Every penny of profit goes right back into the show and site so we can bring you even more uh, automation news and how-tos. And with that, just a reminder, every single link that you saw on today's show will be added to automate.news hopefully later today. I'm working with somebody to try to get those links up there faster so I don't have to do it myself. So I'm training them. I think they're doing a good job and um, we'll see. But um, in any case, uh, check out automate.news. No www.no.com, just automate.news. And we have over 3,400 news stories we've covered with links up there uh, at that site. So. And these links just go directly to the story we covered, and they're in the order that we covered them, hopefully. Um, in any case, with that said, let's see if I can get StreamYard to switch back to me. All right, there we go. Um, again, sorry I was a little late, just been so extremely busy. Being out next week because of my son's wedding is just like pushed all of next week's work into this week. So in any case, I hope you're having a great week, and uh, I hope you're getting ready for the weekend and you will enjoy it and you won't be stuck in a plane like I will. But in any case, um, I do want to thank you all for watching or listening, 
And uh, I do want to wish you all a great Thursday, Friday, and weekend. Again, we won't be back next week, so have a great next week as well. And we'll see you the following week. And with that, I just want to, no matter what happens in the world, you know, encourage you to remain courageous, remain fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace.